like they they advertise one match by crashing a car into one of the wrestlers. Not a total victory of Russia, which now we're seeing. This he goes on. Gigantic bag of flaccid dicks. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Which, when you open them up, you find out that they're all cockroaches inside. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. No, I don't know if anybody else is ever going to laugh this hard at anything we Probably. say. Uh, we can actually both look out my window right now and see some very pretty yellow flowers that I'm going to be eradicating. A geek history of time. We connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock, a world history teacher and part-time English teacher in uh, Northern California with a two-year-old son who I'm trying very hard not to wake up while we record this since his bedroom is immediately upstairs from where I'm recording. So if my uh, vocal level seems a little bit more subdued than normal, uh, that's the reason. I promise I'll try not to wind up sounding like Dan the Man Levitan <laughs> too often. How about you? <laughs> I'm Damien Harmony. I am a Latin teacher and part-time world history teacher up here in Northern California. Father to an almost eight-year-old and a 10-year-old, uh, one of whom is building the Milano uh, in Legos, uh, Star-Lord's ship, the other of whom, my daughter, saying, oh, you're making a cookie. All right. Because she's getting puns. Uh, so they're both asleep above me, but uh, they, they stay down pretty well because uh, they're not two. So, uh, yeah. All right. So um, when last we left it, we talked about the Twilight Zone and how it had yes. every possible cultural connection to social anxiety um, yeah. as a society, not a not the disorder. Um, yeah. Existential dread um, a, yes. and, um, and a sense, uh, a, a overdeveloped sense that the world should be orderly and the reaction against the fact that it's not, as well as uh, a institutional level of paranoia it keeps popping up during those times yeah and i'm, I'm gonna add something else mm -hmm. uh when when circumstances in society become surreal mm. the surrealism of the show mm -hmm. makes an appearance that's a really good point because i mean i i can only i can only speak secondhand to what life felt like in the early 60s mm -hmm. But I can I cannot imagine that it wasn't freaking weird mm -hmm. well, to to see the stuff going on that was going on in the news there's and a to have that sense of 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 you know the widening gyre uh, kind of thing going on. Well, I would say that you even have this sense in the late fifties, and it starts. To bubble in and then in the mid 60s it absolutely happens because Arlo Guthrie hits Alice's restaurant and it is an issue of common sense versus authority those two shouldn't All be right. in opposition to each other but no, they, they are and then they are again in the 80s and then they are again in the early 2000s like hey we just got attacked um, we, we should maybe take a look at this the whole world is actually marching in support of us uh, nope go to Disneyland um, oh, um okay what? are you what uh yeah go to disneyland it'll be good uh, all right uh that's 
that's an option too. I like there's it, not, common not sense versus authority. Mm-hmm. Not, not what I was thinking. I was going to get told to do, but right. Okay. So then, in 2019, 20 years later, almost, mm-hmm. uh, Twilight Zone pops up again. Jordan Peele, now famous yes. for his direction of horror films, spearheads mm-hmm. the effort, and once again. The country is collectively facing an existential threat. This time, it's not even particularly from without. But the constitutional crises that this presidency has brought about. Here's here's a small list, short list. Highlights, starting in 2017. I've just got line items here. Facebook aired a kidnapping and a torturing on their live channel. Donald Trump mm-hmm. was inaugurated. Several separate intelligence agencies confirmed, in fact, that yes, Russia, under Putin's specific orders, carried out a cyber attack to make the election go Trump's way. And nothing happened. Question. Fast before we get oh, very sure. much farther into what is clearly going to be a litany. Yes. <clears throat> um, is this all in chronological order of like when it showed up in the headlines? or? Yeah, in terms of okay. the months that it occurred, yes. Okay, all right, understood. Mm -hmm. Carry on. So we are in mid-January. Yeah. Trump's first press conference as president, and he immediately goes after the media for reporting the truth about him, which he immediately calls dishonest. Trump then goes on an executive order stampede, uh, reversing a ton of policies that are supporting conservation, minority rights, science, etc. He also specifically bans employees from posting on social media as he's tweeting away. He also starts his wall. Carolyn Adams admits that she lied about Emmett Till. Nothing Mm -hmm. happens. Trump bans Syrian refugees by executive order, as well as many other countries who have Muslim majority. He leaves certain ones out with which he has financial ties. Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. If only there was something that had happened in the previous episode where we mentioned, but they've never really been a problem. Yeah. No, no, the Saudis, no, yeah. they've never, never, never sponsored anything, nope. never been the source of any yeah. ideological movement or anything that's ever been a threat in any way to, nah. I can't keep going, my God. All right, go ahead. Uh, he appointed his first Supreme Court justice to the court, uh, which had been vacant for nearly a year, and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That's just January. Here's some other highlights. Trump Trump sets uh, even more sanctions against Iran. He also starts rolling back the Dodd-Frank reforms. Betsy DeVos gets confirmed uh, 51 to 50 as Secretary of Education. And if ever there was a phrase to to really just highlight how batshit crazy all this is, Betsy DeVos, 5150. <laughs> she needs to be 5150. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and here's the best With part. With a table leg. Her, her brother is Eric Prince, the guy who runs Blackwater, who is now being talked about as being in charge of Afghanistan under a private army, and he's talked about as, you know, in Trump circles, and they talk about him being yeah. a viceroy of some sort. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Trump <sighs> rolls back even more regulations on fossil fuel production. The U.S. military launches Tomahawk missiles into Syria. Trump orders the dropping of a... MOAB, the mother of all bombs, in Afghanistan. Yep. 
That's been going on since the last time the Twilight Zone was renewed, Ooh. Afghanistan. But he wanted to drop the biggest bomb yet. Protests all over the country. Clashes start up between pro-Trump forces and protesters. Um, another Facebook Live shooting. The first Easter at the White House under Trump with a rambling speech about military budgeting. Trump fires in front of in front of a bunch of kids who were there for the egg roll. Yeah, explaining to them, uh, yeah, that that they really made the White House look prettier, Um, and also like you know bought more planes. Jesus. Trump fired James Comey from the FBI because her emails. Uh, Trump shares classified information with Russia. There's an anti-Muslim stabbing on the train in Portland, (laughs) killing two and injuring a third. Mm-hmm. Comey testifies to Congress that Trump pressured him into dropping the investigation into Michael Flynn, and nobody did anything. Yep. There's a huge heat wave to the point where over 90 planes get grounded. Spicer resigns as, a fre- uh, as the press secretary. Trump tweeted that he had complete power to pardon people currently under investigation for their role in 2016 Russian election meddling. He then gave a bizarre speech at the Boy Scouts conference and got them to boo Obama, and nobody did anything. He banned transgender folks from serving in the military via tweet. Transcripts of several conversations show Trump to be begging foreign leaders to present a different image because he wants to look strong. Uh, Unite the right. Nazis marched in our street in Charlottesville and kill Heather Heyer. And Trump said they were very fine people and fabricated that there's something called the alt-left and he demonized Antifa. The president yeah. stared into the eclipse. <clears throat> Fox News reported it as the most powerful thing a president has ever done. Wait, wait, stop. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Yep. Sorry. No. <laughs> I knew I'd crack you. No, I knew I'd crack no, you. Hold on. You're kidding. Okay. No. <laughs> you know, all, all the rest of that just gets just gets a litany of, of pained mm-hmm. grunts and, mm-hmm. and sighing. Mm-hmm. But okay. Cause because you said, you know, he stared into the eclipse. And mm-hmm. of course I wanted to interject, well, aren't we all really at this point? <laughs> but like, you know, I, I but I knew that there was gonna be more coming and I didn't want to break your flow. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and and then you share that and i realized that oh my god it was that long ago that fox news like stopped trying to to be anything other than you know the, the trump propaganda pravda. arm yeah it's it's trumpite pravda oh yeah like or or no you know what no no pravda is was 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 you know, a, a government arm of, right. of, of, you know, of, of, of propaganda. Mm-hmm. But, but that's some like straight up North Korean news bureau shit mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. The most powerful thing a president has ever done. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, burned out his own fucking retinas. What? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're kidding, right? Like everybody nope. in the world who isn't you mm-hmm. looks at that and goes, what a dumbass. I mean, we, we all wind up, I can't remember the last name of the character, but that 70s show. Mm-hmm. Kelso. Kelso. Yeah, uh-huh. Red Kelso. No, no. Uh, oh, dumb. Red Red Foreman. Red Foreman. Talking about oh, Kelso. Yeah. yeah. Talking about Kelso. What a dumbass. Yep. Like, like the most powerful thing <laughs> a president 
mm-hmm. not the Lend Lease Act, not you know, <laughs> not the Ford committing, Freedom committing Speech. Our, yeah, not, not the not Louisiana committing, Purchase. Not the Louisiana Purchase. Not you know, Emancipation Proclamation. Not uh, uh, committing. Not committing American troops to to World War One. Not not you know, locking up 125,000 Japanese Americans. Like, anything. I mean, you nope. know, any no. I no, stared no. at the sun, Mama. I stared at the sun. <laughs> you did such <sighs> a good job staring at that sun. Like, like, yeah. we we have to remind small children not to do that. <laughs> yeah, and he has nuclear codes. And the thing is, the small children generally listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as you point out so helpfully, <laughs> he's the one carrying the fucking football. Yes, yes. God Almighty, Trump right, continuing his rallies despite having won the presidency. Uh, declares that he'll shut down the government to get the wall done. Mm. Trump goes to the United Nations and states that the U.S. may have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. He then pressures the NFL to fire okay, players wait, who kneel. Yeah. <laughs> Back up. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. In, yeah. in the in the rest of the batshit crazy, I had completely forgotten that. He actually said to the United Nations... Mm-hmm. In, in open session. Yes. That the United States may have no choice but to destroy North Korea. You know, I like a president who tells it like it is instead of like, you know, has qualifications. Being diplomatic. Or having qualifications or being able to point out Korea on a map. <sighs> okay, carry on. Sorry. Speaking of maps, uh, after he pressures the NFL to fire players who kneel... Uh, which, by the way, that's against the Constitution. Um, hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria hit the U.S. in rapid succession. Trump redraws the area affected by the hurricane with a sharpie. Okay, back up. That also was illegal. that. That was that long ago. Uh huh. God, I feel like that was last week. <laughs> it's weird how Jesus. old we feel, and yet how how long ago this stuff was. Sometimes. All right. Trump delays aid to Puerto Rico, mocking its pronunciation. Uh, attacking its mayor and ultimately throwing paper towels to people. Uh, the deadliest mass shooting in the United States occurred in Las Vegas, and nobody did anything. California, California caught fire, burning up all kinds of Northern California real estate, up and down wine country, killing 35. Trump threatens to shut down the media for being critical of him, and nobody does anything. Trump withdrew the U.S. from UNESCO. Uh, because he said it was anti-Israeli. He also held back a bunch of documents that were supposed to come out about the JFK assassination. The National Climate Assessment said that our world is heating up and that climate change is real. Guess what Trump's response was? Fake news? Yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Uh -uh. Nuh-uh. There was a guy that held a snowball once inside. Uh, There was another mass shooting, this time in a church in Texas, 26 dead, 20 injured. Several men in high positions in Hollywood and entertainment are brought to light as harassers. Andrew Yang announced that he was going to run in president, uh, run for president. By the way, it's still 2017 that I'm reading from. Trump reversed a ban on elephant trophies, lead in bullets, and a number of other things that just seemed like decency. Trump also retweeted three different ultra-nationalist tweets from Britain. 
Mm-hmm. Congress passes a budget with tax cuts for the rich that leads directly to a $1 trillion increase in the national deficit. Mm-hmm. Trump announced that Jerusalem was now Israel's capital. He also shrank a couple of national parks by over half their size. California was still on fire by December. Mm-hmm. The White House directed the CDC not to use any scientific words in its budget proposal. Yep. Now that's a, a an abbreviated list for 2017. Now 2018, where it starts spinning faster and wobbling harder. Uh, 2018, the president brags about the size of his button on Twitter. He called a bunch of countries shitholes. Oh, God, I wish you guys could see Ed's face at this. Um, (laughs) A glitch in the warning system in Hawaii causes people to be sent a message that there's an incoming ballistic missile attack. People in Hawaii spend about 15 minutes in mortal terror. Yep, I remember that. I have friends there who, yeah. Parkland, Florida had a mass shooting, which led to several copycat hoaxes, including in my school, where we evacuated under threat of a bomb threat and a live shooter threat. Jesus. The kids who are seniors now were sophomores then. Um, Teachers went on strike all over the country in right-to-work states. Yep. A porn star reported her sexual encounter with the president despite signing a non-disclosure agreement. Which led to a whole lot of lawsuits back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Trump starts a trade war with China that we have no hope of winning. More actors. And it still still hasn't ended. No. More actors and entertainment moguls are shown to be sexual assaulters. Trump met with the supreme leader of North Korea in a meeting that he, opposite of the facts, bragged was a momentous triumph for the United States. Yep. The U.S. said that, oh, and he also said that they were in love. Um, the U.S. said that it would, would, would withdraw from the United Nations Human Rights Council. Mm. The Janus case was decided mm-hmm. as a blow to unions. Mass arrests start by ICE. Trump praises, then damns, and then praises Putin in Helsinki within two days. Northern California catches fire yet again in the campfire, which was started by PG&E Neglect. Trump suggests raking ca- suggests raking as a solution. Yep, like the Finns do. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh is proposed as a Supreme Court justice. He is accused of sexual assault by Christine Blasey Ford. She testified to it calmly and measured. Kavanaugh raged. Nobody did anything, and he's now a Supreme Court justice. There's a mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue, killing 11. Operation Faithful Patriot is underway. When the American soldiers are sent to the U.S.-Mexico border, despite the Posse Comitatus Act of 1878 that prohibits law enforcement by the military. Yep. There's a mass shooting in L.A. that killed 13 that I didn't even remember. Uh Uh-huh. And the Dow is at its highest point ever. Which is all that matters to the president. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that's an abbreviated list of 2018. Here's 2019. Ugh. A polar vortex hits the United States, a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Remember, just a couple years prior, there had been a giant heat Polar wave? vortex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, this is 2019. Trump pulls the United States out of another nuclear limitation treaty. Mass shooting in Aurora, Illinois, kills six. Tons of tornadoes throughout the Midwest. Kentucky outlawed bestiality, finally. 
<laughs> well, you know, okay, see, so there are bright spots. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we need a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to commercial. Let's we'll see you on that. the other side. All right. Hello, Geek Timers. This is Producer George interrupting this podcast to let you know that we have space available. This space could be used to promote your product, book, event, group, even wish a special someone happy birthday. If you're interested in using this space, please contact us on Twitter via private message at Geek History Time. Right. And, and and we're back. Uh, <laughs> that break might not have been long enough. No, uh, it's it's rare that the commercial break is the stability that we need. Yeah, so. I don't I don't have enough beer in my fridge to deal with that <laughs> so, right now. So, is there anything you want to say about that list before I bring it back around uh, to the culture? Um, just that. Um, you know, when, when in back in 17, it was a really big deal having folks on Twitter and on everywhere on social media, you know, reminding us daily, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. This is not normal. And, you know, having it all read out in a litany like that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in, in the last episode, I, I talked about, you know, the sur- surreality of, of the times mm-hmm. in which the, the show has made a comeback. Yes. And I don't, I don't think there is any better evidence of that for, for the current time than mm-hmm. that list. Like. I agree. The, the extent to which. So much of that is so completely topsy turvy, and like if if you had submitted a script, <laughs> yep, to anybody back in two thousand, mm-hmm. talking about any of that, they'd have they'd have looked at you and said, "I'm sorry, no, we we, we can't do this, but we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to get sponsors for this because nobody will believe it." Well, and the best part is, is like it would have started with okay. There's a guy who's going to be on a TV show to make himself look like he's richer and smarter than he is. And he'll be the one who ends up being president about a decade after that. And they would hand it back to you going, oh, nice try on making an allegory, a ridiculous allegory to Ronald Reagan. But we've already been through that. We've already done that. You know, and and the funny thing is, have have you, you know, you talk about the TV show trying to make himself look smarter and whatever. Have have you read the accounts from the producers of that show about the experience of trying to produce The Apprentice? No. Give us a capsule. Uh, Well, the, the, the short form of it is, is they would spend all the amount of time that they had to spend filming, mm-hmm. you know, the competitions and filming the interviews with all the, all the people on the, on the show and all that. Mm-hmm. And then they would go in and, you know, based on the way things had gone, mm-hmm. 
the producers would, you know, think, okay, we're, we're looking at this is, this is probably who's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Trump would just randomly fire people <laughs> and all of the editing they had done to lead up to what they had expected oh, wow. the ending. They had to run back and recut everything. And this didn't happen once. This happened repeatedly wow. because he wasn't paying any fucking attention. No, God, no. Like, like, yeah, you know, and, and it was, and, and, um, you know, part of what I remember reading about it was them saying, oh yeah, no, he is, he is functionally illiterate. Mm-hmm. Like whether, whether he's able to read or not, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He has the attention span of a particularly, um, um, agitated, uh, <laughs> toddler, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he, he's, you know, there's no, there's no predicting what the hell he's going to do because he's not paying any attention and he's a danger to himself and everyone around him <laughs> basically, you yep. know? And, and, you know, and they had to cut this show to, to make him look like the business tycoon. Wow. Well, it worked because people voted based on that. Yeah. And if you go back, if you go back and look at the show, um, I got to say, it's a real testament to the producers managing to do that with whatever they had for B roll, Mm -hmm. you know, because the couple of episodes of it I ever watched had a coherent, through line mm-hmm. of all right this is the person who's kind of in trouble and this is how this is going to go and they wind right. up being the one who goes home and it's like how did you craft that wow at the 11th hour you know yeah so yeah no he's yeah we could yeah we, we could spend multiple episodes just just going off i'm sure <laughs> um on on how incredibly mm-hmm. like fit the man is for civic dog catcher, let alone president of the United yeah. States. But yeah, you know, but yeah, time will tell. So, yeah. so, so <laughs> after Kentucky outlaws bestiality, <laughs> yeah, uh, twilight zone hit the air and it's been picked up for a second season. And we now All have right. streaming platforms, more than three networks and we have asynchronous entertainment but, you know, we are living in the times, so we will have to actually make prudent predictions. So I say let's look at the pattern overall and see what okay. prediction is most prudent. So in 1959, you had an increasing destabilization obviating itself in the American psyche. Yeah. The Soviet Union had the H-bomb. Cuba had a communist revolution. America had been at war with another communist country through its proxy earlier in the decade, Korea. Bomb shelters were coming onto the market. Like there was a market mm-hmm. for that. Uh, yeah. Government was creating and getting increasingly paranoid uh, or increasing paranoia. Uh, they were questioning all sorts of citizens on their basic loyalty and humanity was beginning to go out into space. Mm-hmm. All of this was a huge source of anxiety and worry and and mistrust. Okay. Uh, okay. There was a level of absurdity. You call it surrealism. I think it's actually more absurd. Um, but also, more importantly, there's a level of fear. And then a show comes out safely and cleverly reflecting our fears back to us through science fiction in half-hour chunks. 
It never caught on with the majority of people because people chose to use their entertainment as an escape, not as a reflection. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, you know what was really, really popular around the same time? Hmm. Candid Camera. Really? Yeah, which is essentially reality television. Well, yeah, it is. You know, I had thought Candid Camera was later. I always think of Candid Camera well, as being a 70s thing. Well, it, it, it existed then too, but it existed contemporaneously with the later part of um, The Twilight Zone. Um, really? Yeah. I, I, I still had thought it was it was a decade later than that. To, cool. to my knowledge, yeah, it was uh, because um, it came out at, uh, yeah, it came out in 1960. Really? With Alan Funt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, escape is a fair thing to want when you are faced with existential terror the whole time. And all of this is at a time when a president won office easily, partly due to his novel use of television to highlight his good qualities and hide his deficiencies. Eisenhower was one of the first, he was the first presidential candidate. A lot of people say it was uh, Kennedy because he dolled up for the camera and he recognized how to use the camera. But Eisenhower ran a series of ads where he would be looking down into the left of the... They directed him, look down into the left with your answers and answer in no more than 30 seconds at a time or a minute at the time. And so then they would have people and he would just... He would read policy answers. He's like, I, nobody's asking me these questions. And like, no, 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 don't worry. We'll have people to ask you those questions. And then they plucked people out to look like voters, uh, to look like the kind of voters that they're reaching for, for that particular question. And they would ask the question and he would answer the question. And it was cut in such a way to make it look like he was answering them directly. That was television. He did that uh, very, very well. Um, huh. Yeah. So uh, you have a presidential, uh, a, a television president. Um, existential terror from without in the form of atomic war and the propped up idea on both sides that the other side was, was just a hair's breadth from wiping us all out. I told you about that last episode. Mm-hmm. And existential terror from within in the form of a government hounding its citizens to insist on their loyalty and the very narrow definition of patriotism that was, quite frankly, one of jingoism more than it was loyalty to the ideals of this nation. Yeah. Combine that with uncertainty, mm-hmm. and the future is an uncertain thing, of course. Okay. Uh, more to the point, combine that with space, the most unsure enterprise that there is. Nicely done. Thank you for that. So that's what happened in 59 to bring it up, to bring up the Twilight Zone. It came up, failed commercially, Mm. but the urge to reflect wasn't there, even though the writer's urge to reflect society was. In 85, the culture is again facing destabilization in its psyche. America is negotiating with the USSR in very dire terms. And the threat of nuclear war, which had in some ways become a part of the culture, was also making itself felt again. America had been at war a couple years earlier, although this time not nearly to... In in this time, it was to make up for the previous wars. Um, The Cold War was in all the movies. Okay, Rocky went and won the Cold War for us. Uh, So did Rambo. Uh, The government was not to be trusted 
and yet most Americans clung to the same government they didn't trust, the executive of which was selling weapons to our stated enemies to give money to a group that was not our stated enemy over and above the objections of Congress to get around the Boland Amendment. Even more, they were also bringing drugs into the country, the government was, creating an existential crisis from within, as well as a constitutional crisis that people would rather ignore. The people's sense of existential terror had grown from without, the Cold War, the rise of terrorism, and from within, a government that was literally killing its own people, ignoring those deaths, and contributing to a perceived rise of crime. Then a show comes back, safely and cleverly reflecting our fears back to us through science fiction and half-hour chunks. It never caught on with the majority of the people because people chose to use their entertainment as an escape, not a reflection. A few years later, America's Funniest Home Videos came out. Mm. So we keep wanting to escape by watching lesser versions of ourself. And not even written, creative, artistic lesser versions of ourself captured lesser versions of ourself yeah all of this is at a time when a former actor is president i would say that escape is a fair thing to want when you're faced with existential terror the whole time yeah so now it's 2002 okay nothing nothing actually i did write something this time This time, I I knew it would piss you off if I did it twice. Um, Yeah. So the culture is, yet again, facing destabilization in its psyche. And this time, it's acutely felt as we'd suffered an actual existential threat on some levels on 9-11. It's a very uncertain time, following a time when we'd bombed the shit out of a country for over 70 days a few years years earlier, uh, Yugoslavia. We didn't know when or if the next attack was coming. We've talked about this on prior episodes. And our federal government told us, go to Disneyland and that they would handle it for us. Security. Don't worry about the increasing paranoia in the government and it's exhibiting uh, that it's exhibiting again willingly. And by the way, more and more people are being imprisoned due to stronger laws against crime, swelling our imprisoned population and further further villainizing large swaths of the population. Meanwhile, our government is kidnapping random folks from far away and keeping them in secret prisons all throughout the world. And there's an existential terror from without, terrorism, and an existential terror from within, terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. Also, we don't know what the government is going to do. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty there as well. And the desire in entertainment is, again, escape, numbness, not reflection. In fact, the entertainment we would come to consume for the next several years was increasingly violent, increasingly fractured psyche, and increasingly gray. So think about what was big. 24, The Shield, any number of its clones, gritty, 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 this gritty got gritty, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And also Lost, and also Heroes. Now, people will say what they BSG. will about them. Oh, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Which we've talked about. Yes, uh, at, at wonderful length. It was really well yeah. done. Um, but so gritty or so lost or so disassociative disorder, or why not all three? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking Life at you, Baltar. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, which which originally started in Britain but then got mm-hmm. adapted 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, what's life on Mars? I, th- I I thought you were talking about the 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 mission to Mars. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the TV short run TV series Life on Mars. I remember. Uh, and the the conceit of it is that a, a cop from 2000 and whatever uh, winds up um, uh, getting getting struck by a car. Oh. And uh, the next thing he knows, he wakes up, and it's 1972. And he's a detective mm-hmm. in the same police department he had been in previously. Mm-hmm. And he keeps seeing flashes from his life in the future while he gets pulled into trying to investigate a murder mystery in 1972, 74, whatever year it was. And the show highlights the very dramatic changes in police culture from the seventies until the modern era, uh, in that like the, the British version, which is superior for usually is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the original, so it has that going for it. But mm-hmm. in, in both versions, but especially in the British version, uh, he winds up witnessing um, shocking levels of police brutality and police violence mm-hmm. that, you know, really, really trouble him. And it's business as usual for everybody in, you know, 70 whatever, you know. Um, yeah. and, and a casual level of corruption, low level, you know, right. not, not like straight up taking bribes, but, you know, walking into, walking into a place and getting free beers, right, right. you know, kind of, kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, you talk about it's deeply gritty and it shows it's, it's deeply morally gray mm-hmm. and at the same time dissociative. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, why not all three? The, yeah, and then you know, depending on which version of the show, uh, the ending is either a complete downer, mm-hmm. uh, or um, you you feel cheated that it isn't a downer because, gotcha. yeah. Well, that so, sounds like Lost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's of the same vintage. So yeah, yeah it was it was speaking of the same same aspects of the mass subconscious. Yeah. Well, uh, so you know what else is really popular right around the same time? Reality Survivor. television. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's competition shows, Survivor, uh, as well as, um, I forget, a few others. Um, Real Housewives. Yeah. Uh, also, Rich and Pretty Heiresses running around doing nothing and being obnoxious. Oh, the yeah. The Kardashian. Oh, the simple one. Oh, They're Lord. the ones. Which, which, which manages to combine mm-hmm. the vacuousness of, of, you know, heiresses with, um, they, they manage, they manage to both make, mm-hmm. uh, Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton look stupid. Yes. And the ordinary people they're interacting with look like a bunch of idiot hicks. Yep. It's like nobody winds up coming out of that show looking good. Again, we would rather not look at artful stuff. And if we do, we want it to just reinforce the violence that we're kind of becoming okay with being a country that does it. At least in the 80s, we lied about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I remember there was a, a, I took a class on the history of uh, the American war in Vietnam. And the teacher said something to the effect about the cultural war that um, the baby boomers at the time still wanted all the material success, but they just wanted to have fun beforehand. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't see the need to get married to the first person they had sex with. It was mom and dad mm -hmm. were screwing. It doesn't mean we're going to, you know, we're, we're living together and we're screwing and that's it. And the parents said, well, you could at least have the decency to be hypocritical about it. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's always stuck with me. But mm -hmm. we would rather look at bad versions of ourselves. Um, and then there was a, a TV show that comes out a little bit later than that where a again a submoronic uh lead is in a position of decision making and exploiting the work of other people in a boardroom and in a business setting are you talking about shark tank no no there's another one called okay. the um well they they did a version of it called my big fat obnoxious boss but that was a, a spoof of it on fox tv um <laughs> Which had also come up with who wants to marry a millionaire. Uh, right. And Jesus. then they came up with my big fat obnoxious fiance, which was actually a work. It was it was so much fun. But no, I'm talking about the, the one that uh, my big fat obnoxious boss spoofed. Um, yeah. The Apprentice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then a show comes back safely and cleverly reflecting our fears back, at, back to us through science fiction and half hour chunks. Nobody wanted it. Reflection was not the desire. Machismo fantasy and catharsis absolutely was. Yeah. An interesting shift in what we wanted as a culture when faced with existential terror the whole time. Then in 2019, the culture is still and even more facing a full-on shaking apart from its foundations and ideals. Because pendulum doesn't swing back equally, it finds new centers. And it's been creeping farther and farther toward insanity for quite some time. In 2019, we have a federal government that is, wait for it, attacking the federal government and destabilizing itself. Yep. And it's not just one branch, but multiple. And the institutions are under existential threat. The paranoia is increasing, and the gaslighting has gone through the roof. And we are witnessing the death throes of the system that has, for a long time, been showing its ass and exposing its fault lines for generations. It remains to be seen if a show can come back safely and cleverly reflecting our fears back to us through science fiction in half-hour chunks and actually be accepted. Currently, we're all on lockdown in a once-in-four-lifetimes happening. And now, more than ever, our entertainment choices show us about ourselves. And people are going apeshit for a guy who raises tigers. Which is the <laughs> 21st century version of the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, dude. At a time, um, yeah. I, <laughs> I need to interject here and let Do our it. audience understand um, cause you, you all, you all know, even if you haven't watched the show, you know who Damien's talking about. Uh, uh, he's talking about Joe Schreibvogel, uh, who likes to go by the name Joe Exotic. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, of course he's talking about Tiger King. Who is now the, the democratic, uh, uh, presumptive nominee, right? Yes. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Diamond Joe Biden. 
Thank you. Gotcha. Diamond Joe Biden with a sweet Trans Am. Um, (laughs) I I wish I could remember. I think it was The Onion who came up with that character uh, back during the Obama presidency, Diamond Joe Biden. But anyway... um, what what the what what our audience all all five of you need to know uh, is that that Damien has not watched Tiger King. Nope. Um and and is um staunchly refusing to do so. Mm-hmm. Which you know I I respect that that choice. Um I tried to do that and my wife won't let me because because she watched it all the way through and was like no 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 babe. You only watched the first two episodes, and then you were there for the last episode. No, no, you need to watch the rest of it because you need to understand how completely batshit crazy <laughs> all of these people are. <laughs> um, and she's not wrong. No, um, like like at all. Now, I, I will um, point out that I'm not refusing to watch it out of a moral stance, but because I okay. don't want to pay for Netflix again. Like I canceled it once I got Disney Plus because <laughs> I've got ESPN okay. and Hulu in that package deal, and I'm like, I've got okay. those, and I've got another streaming service and my wrestling streaming service. I don't need to be paying sixty dollars. What am I getting cable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So okay. But right. yeah, I'm also remaining willfully ignorant of it because I don't have any goddamn interest in watching people who remind me of the folks that I used to live near in Florida. Well, you know, <laughs> I just, I'd live yeah. near them already. I'm done. I yeah. did my time. Yeah, no, I understand that. And, and I, yeah, I, I, I rather agree with you, mm-hmm. but again, I'm, I'm, I like being married. Right. And so, you know, yeah. Um, and when I was and, married, I watched more reality TV yeah. and now I watch pro wrestling, which <laughs> Again, I'm not kind, better than anybody. Kind of the spiritual, it's kind of the spiritual successor to reality TV. Um, predecessor. Predecessor. Spiritual ancestor is what I meant. Yeah. I, I and I would, I would say only in as much as carnivals are as well, which yeah, well, was very yes. much what the Learning Channel turned into when they started having to add the question mark, the Learning Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not better for my choices. I'm not better than anybody oh, for having made no, these no, no. choices. No, and I, I, I didn't it's just not that. a genre I've ever right. dug either. Yeah. But yeah. In fact, so, so. I want to point this out. When I was coming up in the early 2000s, um, mm-hmm. I watched my big, fat, obnoxious fiance and my big, fat, obnoxious boss, both of which were a work. They were not reality TV. They were mm-hmm. contrived, but the people who were on it thought they were on reality TV. That compelled yep. me, uh, but reality TV has never <laughs> compelled me. The wrestling so, goes so deep. You really man. are, yeah, yeah. You really are a wrestling fan. Yes, because because the the art of the work. <laughs> yes, is, is a thing. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know, so so we're we're saying all of this in order to get to you know what do we think is the prudent uh, prediction. Oh, I've got more, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're watching. Everybody's going gaga for the tiger guy. Yeah. When a former reality show personality is the fucking president. We absolutely have existential terror, though I don't really think there's much terror from without anymore. 
Though our president has convinced people that hordes of Mexicans and Muslims are coming from everywhere to have anchor abortions. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love the way you put that. Yeah. Um, you know, here, here's what I'm going to say. I think if you live on the coast, mm-hmm. there isn't a perception of an outside threat. Right. If you live in the middle of the country, yeah. there is, yeah. and I and I think that is, however unreal, new, that's there. A, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the perception mm-hmm. is there. Yes, and I think that is a new wrinkle mm-hmm. in the pattern, and we'll come and I'll put a pin in that for mm-hmm. now, and we'll come back to that. Keep going. Okay. Well, from within the 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 terror is absolutely very clearly there. Oh yeah. And from within, I mean in the form of an actual virus, existential terror from deep within. So, what is the future of the Twilight Zone? History has shown us already what's likely to happen. So, I want to hear from you. Do you feel free to take the pin out? I am done with my TED Talk on the Twilight Zone. Okay. I think... That um, we we are in there there are there are very significant parallels and your thesis about a time of paranoia and existential dread and what have you I think is is I mean it's it's prima facie you can't really argue against it mm-hmm. with that being said I think there is possibly a greater chance for this reboot to succeed for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest one being that, um, and we've talked about this before, that it used to be there were only three TV stations. Right. In In 1960, there were only three TV stations. In 1985... There were still mostly three TV stations, but if you had cable, there were another 15. And Fox came in in 1986, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. And so then so it became four. the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like you just said, I don't need Netflix. I already have Hulu and Disney right. and ESPN and whatever all. And the Amazon and WWE and, Network. Don't forget. And and yes, of course. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. I don't want to overlook <laughs> that one because that's that's crucial, mm-hmm. um, both for you and for anybody else trying to understand your psyche. Um, but uh, we we now live in an era where uh, you know Netflix or uh, CBS All Access mm-hmm. are now capable of being viable commercially maybe yes. not maybe not roaring successes but they're capable of being viable mm-hmm. commercially by targeting a niche audience yes and playing to a niche audience you can make money by doing a a niche series like you know how many people Mm-hmm. Are how what what percentage of the population are going to be really really deeply engrossed 
in a fictionalized account of the life of the British royal family since the accession of Elizabeth II. That's a really good point. Like, I mean, you know, we're talking in in my my pun show, Capital Punishment. We're yeah. talking about growing our digital audience, and and we don't need to have millions. No, a couple thousand is fine. Yeah, I mean, I want millions. Well, but, of course, who doesn't? But you know, you know the, the, you're right though. The niche is going to be niche, you know, and, and and that's really really an important point. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, do do I think we're going to see this this iteration of the Twilight Zone become a massive commercial success that everybody talks about probably not but it doesn't have to anymore either but but in order but in order for it to be considered a success by the bean counters Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be anymore because the paradigm has shifted Mm -hmm. so we we have that going on true and then you know beyond that there is a really dramatic also paradigm shift in in our zitgeist as a nation we we now have in in a great many ways our popular culture is is reflective of our political division Mm -hmm. you know in that I mean, like right now, everybody's talking about Tiger King because we're all, you know, locked in the house with no place to go. And like, oh, my God, these people are fucking nuts. Okay, Mm -hmm. But, you know, think about how many people are watching The Crown Mm -hmm. and where those people primarily are. And then think about who is still watching a lot more network TV. Mm hmm watching a lot more of the reality shows, watching a lot more of that kind of stuff, there is a definite, again, niches being a thing. Yep. To a large extent, those there are, there are broad divisions in those niches between blue niches and red niches. Yes, there are. And I think for whatever reason, and, and I don't want to get into... You know, theorizing why, because that could potentially become pejorative and not sure. the kind of thing I want to engage in. But, you know, I think I think people who are interested in the kind of um, subversive mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, reflective and social justice kind of things that the Twilight Zone has done are going to be your coastal blue state urban kind of people mm-hmm. city yeah city like city the, folk yeah and and the folks who are going to be more interested in escapist reality tv kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and again broad brush because save time. time um but um i think you're, you're going to see a lot more red state a lot more rural folks in that category mm-hmm and so I think the the very political circumstances that have made the Twilight Zone relevant to us now might actually help it be viable. Again, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't I'm not I'm not going to put money down on it turning into a big broad broad spectrum you know 
uh, popular kind of thing. Sure. But I think I think we're in we're in a set of circumstances where it doesn't need as big an audience to be viable. And I think it could be viable mm-hmm. if if of course the writing is good and they don't wind up relying too heavily on well, you know, remember that episode that dot 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 and just right. retread stuff. I mean if they can if they can capture the spirit of the original series mm-hmm. and do that kind of stuff consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, I think, I think there are enough people, you know, on our side of the aisle and with our, uh, uh, over intellectual kind of predilections Mm -hmm. that that they can, that they can have, I think they can, they can be viable. I think it can go for several seasons at least. Yeah. I think we've gotten into this world of the democratization of our art now where it's, it's, it's funny because it is corporatized to a greater degree than it ever was on some levels. Mm-hmm. And on other levels, it's still a democratization of that corporatism because now you have multiple points of access. Now you have a lot more different stories being told and they've figured out how to commodify the niche instead of saying, we want that big third of the pie. Now they're like, no, we want, you know, this this 16th of the pie and these two parts that are, uh, you know, 330 seconds and and all mm-hmm. this. And and it's still viable that way. I think yeah. that you're absolutely right. So I think in some ways uh, you're seeing a generalization of a formerly ghettoized genre, potentially, um, by virtue of the over commodification of uh, of a democratizing art. It's a really weird time, um, it but really I, is. I would also point out that one of the reasons that it, if it will be successful, one of the reasons that it will be, uh, and I'm not convinced that it will be, but just because I've seen it happen three times already, like I did yeah, the research, I know. you know, I, yeah. no, I, I get it. But I think one of the reasons that it would be successful is because it's such a horrifying time that we're living mm-hmm. and people want to, um, you ever burn the roof of your mouth on pizza and you get yeah. that little blister and you just tongue the hell out of it all day long? Oh yeah, or or when you mm-hmm. when you're eating when you're eating chips and you and you stab yourself oh, and you just yeah. can't stop do one hit point worrying. of damage. Yeah. yeah, and you can't stop worrying at it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I think that I think that in a world where you have that sore, you're gonna want to keep tonguing it. Yeah. So that's that's what I think would keep it from getting shelved again after two to five yeah. years. Yeah. So. Well, and and again and again, I want to stress that I'm not saying I'm predicting that it will be viable. Right. I'm just saying I think it. I think it. I think now it possibly has the best chance it ever has had. That's true. Yeah. Uh, for for the reasons I listed and what you just said is mm-hmm. like the extremity of the batshit crazy that we're living through right mm-hmm. now is so great and and especially right now with you know an invisible a literal you know can't see it threat right that we're that that literally has us all huddling in our homes mm-hmm. um i i think if if the writers and the producers can figure out how to work with that how to how to play on that yep effectively i think they can they can potentially capture 
enough lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. to to keep it going. Yeah, you don't have to be a universal success to be successful now. Yeah. So. Well, uh, bleak as it is, that is the Twilight <laughs> Zone episode. Um, yep. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a sad, sad tale <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, Twilight zoning through the terror. Mm-hmm. So um, are you reading anything uh, for funsies during our our uh, I, quarantine? I, I think, well, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago mm-hmm. uh, that I that I finally did actually pick up Dune again. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a chance to read anything on it in the last couple of days because of, you know, um, administrative work stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am I am working my way through that. And um, it is it is interesting how much a story that is set in the impossibly far future <laughs> can be so remarkably dated in so many ways. <laughs> uh, I remember <laughs> reading um, a Handmaiden's Tale, going, "Wow, this is third wave feminism." Like, like it was clear. Like I was like, "This was written in '85," and then I turned the publisher. <laughs> you know, it was like, "Oh, it, I was, I was right." You know, it was. Yeah, or it was I, I, I was within yeah. a year or two. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it is it is very clearly third wave feminism. Mm -hmm. And and I think that is both one of its limiting factors and one of its great strengths. Yes. You know, um, I can't say that it's necessarily one of Herbert's strengths in Dune (laughs) (laughs) that I can look at it and go, this was very clearly written down in the 60s. Right. Um, You know. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that he has a preoccupation with that is, that is just so much of that era, Mm -hmm. um, in so many ways. And, and then, you know, the gender politics in it is like, wow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) so that's, that's all, all in pursuit of a, of an upcoming, uh, episode here. I look forward to it soon. Yeah. So yeah, what what is your? I mean, we we've kind of already hit it, but mm-hmm. just real fast before while, while we're on our way out, what sure. what is your takeaway from having done all of this research? Um, I think perhaps I gravitated toward the Twilight Zone, uh, the black and white, because mm-hmm. I grew up under the color. Um, okay. I really, I really appreciate color twilight zone, uh, from 85 and that mm-hmm. caused me to reach back to 59 and I fell in love with that and neither, neither the 2002 version nor the 2019 version have held any interest for me to even begin to start. And I find it interesting that those have both come up at a time where I was a an actualized agent of my own life. Okay. And I'm not interested in exploring them, whereas I was very much interested in exploring the ones that occurred either prior to me existing um, or, and honestly, like my mom was born in 56. So it was when she was three years old that that came out, you know? Mm. So prior to me existing or prior to, you know, me being double digits even. So there's an interesting intellectual thing that's happening there to me where I want to watch things that 
are time capsules time capsules of a time that I had no say in my world. And I have no interest okay. in watching the ones that existed at a time where I did have a say in my world. So apparently the mirror I like to look at is not as reflective of me as it is reflective of, of something that's next to me. And I just I find that okay. to be an interesting I'm not going to call it cowardice in any way, but an interesting reticence on my part to to watch the stuff that came out at a time where I was um, able to affect change in my world. Okay. So the reflections are, you know, I've done this many a time, actually. I, I do the safety of the historian, you know, mm-hmm. and, and where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to wait for 10 years. And then I'll start researching it, which, you know, I've, I've ceased to be that in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But when it comes to the Twilight Zone, apparently I'm still still willing to do that. So I, I just kind of found it interesting that that's what I gravitated toward. Now, that being said, there was way more originality and pathos in both of those than, than you could possibly have in a third or fourth generation version of a thing in terms of originality. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, so that would be, that would probably be it. Um, I do find it interesting that it doesn't get talked about nearly as much, uh, which is the outer limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a couple other shows that came out in the eighties that were similar too, but outer limits rebooted itself in the nineties. Um, and I found that recently on, on the Amazon and I started mm-hmm. enjoying that and it does not have the same feel as, as twilight zone in a way that I can't put my finger on it. Well, I think I can tell you what it is. Oh, cool. Um, the Outer Limits was, I want to say it, 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 Twilight Zone came along first. Mm-hmm. Twilight Zone was CBS. Mm-hmm. And the writers and producers at, I don't remember which network was, uh, The Outer Limits, mm-hmm. saw that and went, they're really doing some funky stuff, man. And the 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 outer limits is what you get when you take some of the ideas out of the twilight zone mm-hmm. and you pull nearly all of the social subversism sub, subversism subversion mm-hmm. uh when you take when you take the the subversion and the um the moral mirror out of it yeah, it seemed a lot more monstery, alieny, yeah. and therefore monstery. further removed. Yeah, it's it's monstery, it's alieny. It it is it is if the Twilight Zone was written by somebody who was trying to do escapism as opposed to social commentary science fiction. There you go. Okay. That would explain why the second time it came around, it mm-hmm. lasted for seven years. Yeah. From ninety five to oh two. Yeah. So. Because it was it was um it was escapism, which mm-hmm. is generally a lot easier to make commercially successful. Much more acceptable, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's also the reason why, for me, as you know, a science fiction nerd mm-hmm. all my life, The Outer Limits always kind of felt like that guy who says, oh man, let me tell you about this story I wrote. 
Ah. And he's and he's really wrapped up in how clever his his twist ending is. Oh, okay. And you're like, no, that's really okay. Yeah, that's that that is, and and you and you can't help but recognize that is really clever. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it doesn't have the the kind of emotional hit. Doesn't have the gravitas. It doesn't doesn't have the gravitas, and it and it doesn't it doesn't leave you going, oh, oh shit, dude. Yeah, it's an exercise in technique, not in yeah. pathos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, an episode like the monsters when the monsters come to Maple Street, or, um, um, God, uh, uh, oh, what's what's the one with Burgess Meredith where his glasses break in the last? I was gonna say there's four yeah. of those with him, but this one, time yeah. enough at last, which is my favorite. Yeah, time, yeah. Um, you know, time enough at last is a classic, you know, twist ending O. Henry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and it could so easily be cliche, but because of everything that gets bound up in it yep. and everything that it comments on and everything that it reflects on, mm-hmm. it it is one of the most powerful episodes of, of television ever. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and the uh, outer limits yeah. and the outer limits regularly did really clever oh i didn't see that coming but it's inevitable kind of twist endings right but they never left you gutted like that true true and and so i mean that's that's because the whole time we've been talking about this i've been thinking about the 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 outer limits Mm -hmm. and and you know, hearing you talk about your experience watching the older series and the new ones, I realized I, I finally had that crystallize in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be my takeaway is that there, uh, science fiction has an innate level of power in it. Yeah. Because you can do stuff with allegory and symbolism and well, you know, I'm not. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about fill in the blank. You know, right. I'm not talking about nuclear weapons. I'm telling a story about you know this the starship, or whatever, you know. And 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 you you can then use that bit of sleight of hand mm-hmm. to to do some really powerful stuff. Oh yeah. And at the same time. You don't have to, and you can tell a monster of the week story, and yeah. everybody, you know, and and everybody winds up seeing everything that gets done in the genre as being in the same category as the monster of the week story, right? And on the one hand, that's infuriating, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, without that the other stuff wouldn't necessarily have the same level of allegorical power. Yeah. And it's a weird poetic, uh, uh, poetic kind of thing that we've, that we've touched on Mm -hmm. in other places. But I think here it, it really, it really crystallizes when you look at the differences between those two series. Sure. And then you look at some of the other kind of knockoff series, like you, you remember monsters, uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Ah, my buddy Johnny uh, talked about that with me, and we watched the entrance, the intro to it. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean they were they were they were all very much in the same kind of vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, 
some of them were like t- a couple of episodes of Tales from the Dark Side freaked the hell out of me. I'm sure. going to tell you. Well, you know, there's Tales from the Crypt, too. I mean, there was well, yeah, Bordello yeah, of Blood. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of that kind of stuff kind of all folded up. Yeah, and 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 I think all of those, in one way or another, are a response to the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have, like you say, they don't have the same gravitas because they're not... They're not dealing with allegory. They're just telling a monster story. They're just doing. Yeah. There's no humanity know, it, it, to their monsters. Yeah. There's no monstrosity to their humans. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I would say Twilight Zone is a a classic. I think it's something that everybody should be should watch. Um, it usually comes up once a year, twice a year on uh, some sort of network uh, marathon. Yeah. Uh, over a holiday just yeah. sit down with a bowl of popcorn and watch it it's it's great stuff yeah. uh, and also it, it tells us about ourselves so. definitely all right um well uh why don't you plug yourself on social media all right um if you want to uh try to yell at me about uh, how wrong i am about the gravitas of uh uh the outer limits uh, you can find me at E.H. Blaylock on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Blaylock on uh, Instagram. And then you can find both of us collectively, if you want to mm-hmm. yell at both of us at once. Or sponsor uh, us. Or, spon- or or throw money at us. Yes. That'd be awesome. Uh, you can find us at Geek History Time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Damien, where can they find you? You can find me at Duh Harmony. There's two H's in there, uh, both on the Twitter and on the Instagram. You can find me on twitch.tv at 8.30 p.m. every Friday night. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash capital puns uh, for right. our, our weekly digital pun tournament, uh, Capital Punishment. It's been going almost four years now. Uh, we've moved to a digital version because we can't gather. Uh, because and, the plague walks abroad. Yes. Uh, and also you can find me starting this coming Sunday, uh, which this coming Sunday to those of us who are recording live right now. Um, but uh, every Sunday uh, thereafter, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash calling it in the ring with uh, my partner, Johnny Taylor. Uh, Capital Punishment is a pun tournament uh, where myself and Daniel Humbarger uh, crack wise make puns on certain topics. Um Calling it in the ring is where my partner Johnny Taylor and I uh, we we talk about professional wrestling matches as we are watching them together uh, on Twitch, and uh, both of us have a deep love of comedy and of wrestling. Uh, and of course, you can find me right here uh, on uh, Geek History of Time. Uh, if you could do us a favor, please rate, subscribe, review, give us five stars if you think we earned it. Even if you don't think we earned it, I mean, it's not like we're doing it shirtless. Um, So please, please, please give us those likes. We were number 14 in New Zealand, and we dropped to number 44. And I want to at least get back up to number 30. Uh, So please uh, rate, subscribe, and review this show. Uh, If you uh, listen to the commercial uh, throw us some money, throw some shekels our way for our hard work, because this, I believe, is episode 54, which means we have over a year's worth of weekly content for people, um, which is pretty exciting, considering, yeah. that, you know, we, we started yeah. this 
uh, quite some time ago. Anyway, uh, for A Geek History of Time, I am Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until the next time we see you, be safe, stay inside, and wash your fucking hands.